understand things looking backwards, right? That's how you mm-hmm. can connect the dots. And every, um, you know, every valley or plateau or struggle that we had over the last 15 years, which we've had plenty of to different degrees, was really just, uh, it was, a, it was a, a situation or an opportunity for us to grow in a lot of different ways. And there were some tests that we failed and then there was some that we, we did good on and you come out stronger, better leader, more you know, wise, so to speak. And so you just have to embrace those, those challenges that you go through and, and um, know that it won't last forever, but you'll be better off for it. And then you can impact more people because, you know, the more, the more, uh, you know, the more crap that you go through in your life, the more relatable you become. Mm-hmm. And you just, again, it's just more people that you can reach the more stuff that you're willing to go through. Cause if everything was just perfect and, you know, it's like you woke up, won the lottery, won a billion dollars. And, you know, all of a sudden, like that doesn't carry any influence because nobody else can relate with that, you know, but if you could go struggle through something and be consistent and get back up when you get knocked down, it's like lots of people that's going to be their situation. So they need to see people that are willing to go through that and also come out on the other side. Um, and that's what grows your influence at the end of the day. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common Podcast. On today's episode, we have Lorenzo Roybal. Lorenzo is 33 years old and lives in Colorado with his wife, Taylor, and their two baby girls. Lorenzo is a man of faith who loves his family and enjoys watching movies together on their free time. He does network marketing full-time in the health and wellness industry. He loves to build teams and connect with people. He ultimately helps them win in network marketing and opens doors for sharing his faith. Y'all, I'm so pumped to bring on Lorenzo Roybal. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. I'm uh, honored, blessed. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to hang out with you, Megan. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to be here. I'm so pumped for you to be on Lorenzo. For those of you who don't know Zoe, that's, that's pretty much his nickname. If you don't know him, it's Zoe. And um, we met years ago when I was an 18-year-old girl wandering through life, figuring out what I wanted to do. And we actually met through the industry of network marketing. Um, at the time, we were in the same company. And Zoe's story like just inspired me to the max. He really was um, just helping so many college students find financial freedom. And I found that so awesome. And just, it was funny because we weren't even on the same like lineage or the same like quote team. So like if I did something, it didn't financially benefit you, but you would take your time out to help me if I had a question or calls. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's how we met. And ever since then, we've been able to stay in touch via social media. I love seeing your photos of your baby girls, you taking them out to the movies, your movie dates. They're the cutest thing ever. And, um, I'm just so excited though, for you to share a little bit, um, about your story with that. So my, I wanted to ask you, before we even get into to all of that is how did you get into your faith journey? Because I know a lot of who you are today is based off the decision you made a long time ago in your faith. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, and, and again, um, you know, first off props to you. I mean, uh, like you were saying, it was eight, you were 18 when we met and it's just cool to, you know, see, you know, first off, you know, 18 year olds that are going to personal development and leadership yeah. seminars. So plugging into stuff like that. And so it's cool to see people that are 18 on fire, not just for business, but, you know, for the Lord and being able to, you know, kind of watch that from a distance over the last several years and watch you grow and, you know, mature into this amazing leader. It's just, uh, it's, it's cool to be able to see that. So it's, a, I know it gives a lot of people a lot of hope and, 
and uh, just excitement. So again, thanks for, for having me. And, and uh, yeah, I think my, my faith journey, I mean, I've been in Colorado my whole life. And so I, I did, I kind of grew up going to church a little bit, but it was never really my thing. Um, you know, I, I'd go to, my parents were divorced. And so I, I'd go to church with my mom every now and again. And, and um, you know, it's just, when you're a kid going to church you know you're not super fired up to be there um especially in, the, in like the general session and so it was never really something that i um, really paid much attention to and then when i got into um high school i got saved when i was 16 um and so that's when i put my my uh, my faith in christ and and it was really just through my buddies invite me out to fca if you're if it's a fellowship of christian athletes it's just a uh, an athletic program that most of the high schools have so they just brought me out to some of that and and that was kind of when it, it went from you know just kind of being around it to like this was like my decision that you know this was the uh the journey that i wanted to go in and, and you know put jesus first and start to go on that path not that it has you know gone in a, in a straight line you know for the last uh, 15 years but that's where it all started was uh my sophomore year of high school wow that's crazy i remember i was not going to christian church sophomore year of high school um but I remember hearing a part of your story when you decided to make that choice. And before that you were into the party scene and, and going out, I believe that was, was that yours that I had, a, I had a stint, like when I, I had, um, you know, when I, I'm pretty naturally introverted. So like, and you know, I kind of always kept, always kept to myself, but yeah, so I got saved in high school and then, you know, obviously finished out high school. I went to college for, for one year, but when I went to college, I mean, I, I didn't, um, I didn't drink. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't never had, I never had any alcohol till I think I was 23. Um, oh, wow. and so in college, that wasn't a thing. I would go to some of the parties and stuff, but I just, I would just kind of keep to myself, sit in the corner, talk to myself. So that wasn't really um, <laughs> too much of my scene, but, um, and so that was like the, you know, the, the beginning stages. And then, um, you know, over the next several years, you know, through some just different life ups and downs, um, you know, I had some, I had some short stints kind of going off the rails a little bit for a couple of months at a time. So it was, uh, um, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, I had some, had some fun moments there, but, um, but it's been, it's been a fun ride. Oh yeah. I remember, um, just that, pivotal moment for me. It's crazy when I share my testimony, when it comes to the faith, because a lot of people ask, how'd you get saved? And like majority of the like percentage, the stats say that people get saved at a church service, which is like, makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's funny. My pastor did like a kind of like a question to us on a Sunday. And he's like, how many people here got saved on the, like by radio talk? Like nobody raised their hand. How many people got saved in, uh, you know, not in like a church somewhere else, maybe in your room, whatever. And I, I raised my hand and I was like, there was like two, three people and the rest was all in a congregation. But that happened because that was the weekend that I decided to go to a major event that was happening in Houston, Texas. Uh -huh. And I remember just hearing people's testimonies about business, but then there was this one lady she kind of looked like me in a way. So I was like, finally, I can relate to somebody. And she had like blondish hair. And she just started to unapologetic, unapologetically talk about Jesus and how she is where she's at because of him. And I was like, whoa. And it was like in that moment, I felt something that I had never felt in my life. And I was like, that feeling had to have been God. I don't know what that was. I don't know what happened. And then the next day, there was a Sunday service. You spoke at the Sunday service. I remember and I was like, whoa, this like Jesus thing is real. Like these people are really out here in faith, like just speak, declaring this, this truth and swear it. And I remember coming home after that trip, 
on Sunday and Monday, the next day, that's when I gave my life to Christ. And I was just like in my parents' room. And it was so funny because I was making the list for my launch party and I was pacing back and forth. And I felt this, like my heart racing, like, why am I nervous? And I just really felt in that moment. God's like, all right, like, it's time for you to like surrender your life to me and allow me to, you know, be your savior and allow me to be like your father and, and, lead you and guide you in this life. And that's when I did the salvation prayer. And ever since then, my life has never been the same. Um, <laughs> but I will never forget. It was that weekend. I remember you spoke on that Sunday service and it was just crazy. And ever since then, my life had completely taken a 180. Um, and like I said, you know, it's um not so many people know unless maybe friends from high school know that part of my story where I was like super into business and network marketing. And I was honestly, God allowed that to happen to keep me so busy from maybe being in the party life. Cause that's what I was in before. Right. And I remember just having calls with you and I'd randomly call you and say, so like, I'm feeling super discouraged right now. And all my friends are out partying up here and I don't know what to do. And you're like, you know what, Megs, you got to make a choice you got to make a decision, you know, they're doing this right now, but where are they going to be five years from now? You know, what kind of person are they going to be five years, five years from now? And it's crazy thinking about it. Those conversation you had with me really helped me shape me to be the person I am today by not doing those things, by not going to those places or hanging out with those friends. So I wanted to share that for people to hear how you truly, even from afar, have made such a profound impact in my life and keeping me stay the course when it's so easy to get lost in the sauce. And you did such a good example because you led that example to your Mm -hmm. team where you had a team of, I what, hundreds of people? Like- Yeah, yeah, we had about, yeah, about about 50, 50,000, I think. Yeah, 50,000, all right, my bad. 50,000 people, okay? So I saw you lead by example by loving, your wife, because at the time you didn't have kids. Um, and now you have kids, but you always know what I noticed about you is that you've always prioritized God, your family, and then your business. And at the time, like you're someone who's pretty young, financially set, yet you're still thriving, but you're not doing what Western culture would say is grind, hustle, business first, family second, God last. Could you talk, Zoe, a little bit of the importance of that spiritual order and how that can truly change everything in someone's life? Yeah, and then and, and unfortunately, myself included, a lot of people have to, you know, learn that one the hard way, you know, because like once you once you get saved, you know, and now you're in the faith, it's like we have a different set of uh, um, standards and not rules, but it's like, you know, we're, we're, it's kind of like, you can relate it to like having kids. Like I've got, you know, two little girls now they're three and five. And so, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm their dad. Right. And there's nothing that they can ever, like they're in my family, they're my lineage. Like there's nothing they can ever do to undo that. So they're always going to be, you know, my kids, however, um, based on how well, you know, how, how well they behave and how obedient they are and this, that, and the other, it's like, they can't do anything bad enough to not be my kids anymore. 
are, but they can certainly do things that will break our fellowship moment by moment, if that makes sense. And so I'll have to, you know, it's like sometimes we got to discipline them, right? Like we got to put them in timeout. We got to take things away. We've got to do different things in order to like, you know, bring them back into, uh, into alignment. And so our faith walk is, is a lot like that. It's like, once you're in the family, like there's nothing that we can do to undo that. Um, you know, God loves us and he loves us so much that it's like when I punish my kids or I have to discipline them, it's like, it's out of love, right? It's because mm-hmm. we want the best for them. And we know that the path that they're on based on their behavior is like on a road of destruction. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we want to, you know, we got to bring back in. So the same thing with our lives. It's like, there's nothing we can do to undo it, but there's certainly things we can do to fracture our relationship with God. And so, um, so a lot of people, you know, they just have to learn and myself included, we learn these things the hard way where, mm. you know, if we're, if we're too focused on, you know, the, the things of the world and, you know, going after, and not to say like, you know, pursuing things and being goal oriented and achievement oriented, like those are all good things. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they don't become bigger things than God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we need to have, you know, it's like God and Jesus at the pinnacle of everything that we do. And we need to be in relationship, which is really just spending time, you know, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in the word, you know, spending time with the father, right? Just like my kids spending time with me, it grows our relationship. But if they didn't talk to me for a week, you know, it would be a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to keep that the pinnacle because as soon as we start getting things out of whack, which I've done several seasons in my life and you know and you kind of continually learn that you know if you, if you keep things in, in alignment and you're obedient and you do the things you're supposed to do um life is a little bit more simpler right not that it's always going to be perfect not that bad things aren't going to happen but you know you have a lot more peace in your life there's not as much tension there like it's just things move a little bit more smoothly and if you have your priorities out of whack then you know god as a, as a loving father will do things will discipline us will will put things in our path to kind of bring us back into alignment not to cause pain but just to you know it's like because he loves us so much he doesn't want us to continue down this destructive path and so um yeah so i just i've had to learn that many times and it's just you know the more we can you know just stay on top of growing and maturing in our faith and keeping that the priority you know that obviously showers down to having a more successful family unit right because if you can run your family through biblical principles then it makes things move a lot you know more smoothly and then you know and then business or whatever else that you're doing um and pursuing you know that the next that be the next rung on the on the ladder because um again if you if you put that stuff above god then it's just you know you're just asking for for things to not work out the way that you're that you're mm. shooting for if that makes sense so um yeah so i just again i've had to learn that one the hard way many times so i'm hoping that i can continue to stop learning that one the hard way <laughs> through different seasons no that's i love that you share that because i feel like in my life as well i've had to learn things the hard way and because i was just so like excited and young and just like so on fire and moldable and coachable, I learned a lot really quickly, um, fell on my face a lot, all those fun things, right? But it's it's being able to learn from those mistakes or those mishaps and actually doing something about it. You know, you could have easily right. make the same mistake over and over and over again and be blind to it. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people in life just make the same thing over and over, complain, well, why isn't my family getting better? Or why isn't my business growing? Or why are all these people falling off my team? And it's like, well, how are you? How's your soul? How's your relationship with the Lord? Because depending on how full that is, will affect every other relationship in your life. So I think it's awesome that you've been able to, you know, share that story and say, hey, I never had it all together. I wasn't always like that. 
I learned to be like that because I wasn't always like that, you mm -hmm. know? And I feel like a lot of times in my own life, you know, people are like, oh, wow, you like, you're so this or so that I was like, yeah, but I didn't just like, I wasn't just born like that. Like I had to learn and mess up a lot to learn those lessons, you know? Yeah. So I just love that you share that because that's something, the more I talk to people and do interviews and conversations, I realize like, that's one of the biggest things we all, one of the biggest things we have in common as it comes to like, how did you get so well at that? Well, it's because I actually was really bad at it a few years ago. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, what a concept. What a concept. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, you know, and it's, and it's you know, God's so good that even the things that we jack up, he can find a way to make good out of it, right? Like, mm. whether it's a good story or a good testimony, it's just things that can reach other people. So, you know, everything serves a purpose. Just, to, you know, we were really good at the self-inflicted you know, wounds throughout our life. So the more we can mitigate that by keeping the main thing, the main thing, then, you know, things just are better, but you know, we're, we're people we're, we're falling. It's just, you know, it's, that's part of the game. We're going to screw up left and right. And, you know, we still always do. And that's why, you know, I really love, uh, you know, our, our kind of business like network marketing is because, you know, a lot of people, you know, whether they grew up in church or not, or whether they're exposed to certain things or not, it's, you know, most people are, um, you know, it's like they, 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 that are in network marketing it's like they're doing something different they have you know some different aspirations like they're shooting for something right they see a different world of, of things that are possible to to achieve and succeed with and so um you know with with our business it's like most people get in because they can make money they can create some financial freedom they can have cool experiences they can meet people but they come they come in for you know certain um you know selfish reasons which is why i joined i joined because i saw a way where i can go make a bunch of money and that was my initial reason of joining was like man i'm gonna come and go get rich doing this thing and, <laughs> and uh, you know it didn't happen right away but um, but that was my thought process in, in the beginning. So people get in for, um, you know, the things that they want, right? But um, as they get into our world and you start coming to some trainings and you're coming to events and you're just meeting the people, um, it, it allows us to, you know, to A, connect with a lot of other people that we would not have otherwise. Like, you know, my, my circle was very small before I got into this business. And then as we started building a team and as we started going to seminars and you meet all of these people, it's a platform to really extend your, your um, just your connections. But then as you grow in the company, you start to really expand your influence with people. And so now you have this big platform of really being able to move people and influence them. And obviously that can be a good or a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love this because it's like people like we can get them in for the things that they want, which is making money or, you know, travel, whatever. Um, but then we can give them what they need, which is just a, a boatload of Jesus. Right. And you do that in different ways, just through the, 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 the dynamics of, you know, building relationships or planting those seeds. And, you know, just like you talking about coming to that weekend, it was just a little, you know, just exposure to somebody else that you probably, you know, didn't even expect. And now that plants a seed and now it opens up a whole different door, but it's just because it brings people in that environment that it really you know it just takes a lot of the barriers down for people to be able to um to 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 you know hear the gospel and hear other people's faith and and so it's such a good platform to you know be able to you know expand the you know build our own teams but you know build the build team jesus at the same time which is um a really cool dynamic because i've had a lot of people on you know my personal friends that i didn't have much influence with but as i got them involved and they got exposed to other people had a lot of people on our own team that have gotten saved and all, all different in different scenarios in the but is because they got in the business and they started plugging in that uh, they were able to be in that environment so it's really cool being able to to see the power in that 
Yeah, no, I like, I mean, again, that was that season where I was living in Orlando and I was, that was pretty much like my life. Like it was Jesus and it was that. And honestly, like I learned again, so much about life and myself and it's crazy on my wall right here. I actually have a vision board that I made probably in 2016 and I still have it just because it's just things that I love, like traveling and quotes and, um, things I want in the future and, you know, like a picture of a family and things like that. Right. Um, but I remember what was so interesting is like when I first saw the opportunity, like I had never heard of MLM. I had never heard of network marketing. I didn't know the industry. I was just like, you know, I was like, I could travel, I could make money. I was like, this is awesome. And it was interesting because obviously as I got more involved and I went all in, I had a lot of like backlash from friends and I went through a lot of rejection because, you know, I was not afraid to show anybody. Maybe I was a little too out there. I look back now, it's like, I, I could have done it a little differently, but that's how I learned, right? That's how we all learn. I can own up to it and like laugh about it. But obviously at, at the time, like it, it sucked because- you know, you go through so much rejection and you, you go through, um, so much like self-doubt, but it was just like, again, it was something that like, I thank God for having had that vehicle in that season in college, because if I wasn't focused on that, I would have been focused somewhere else. I would have been out and about doing things that was just not probably the thing to do, you know? And, um, like you said, when you surround yourself with, and it could be in any industry, any, anything that you're involved in, like, are you involved with good people? Are you involved with people that love God? Because if they love God, like truly love God, they don't just like say they love it, but then act a different way. Like if they truly love God, they're going to love you. And Mm. even if you mess up, make mistakes, they're still going to be there for you and walk alongside you, even when the tough gets going. And so that's what I've realized. And what I've learned is like, you know, anywhere I plant myself in any season, any company organization, whatever that looks like, I want to make sure that the people, A, love God, because I know it's a solid foundation, like the government can fall down, the, you know, a pandemic can happen, but if I have the right people alongside me, nothing's going to knock me off my horse, you know? And so I think that's a huge thing that I took out of that was like, you know, obviously like we've transitioned seasons and things have changed and stuff like that, but you still are surrounded with good people who are encouraging and loving you and you have that heart to, and you have the gifting of building tremendous teams. I mean, building a team with multiple people of 50,000, that's no small thing, people. Like that is, that is like a university on steroids. Okay. And so that is like crazy, but it's like, you know, you obviously were able to do that because you learned a lot of leadership nuggets and you've not just learned it, but you've applied it and you became it. It's somebody that you became and to other people, they want to follow someone like that. So, so could you just share a little bit of, um, I guess when it comes to leading a team and if you're listening, you know, whether you lead a team at church or you have your own business that you created and you're leading a team or maybe you're network marketing or whatever it is, and you're leading a team, right. If you're listening to this, um, I feel like a lot of people can get, stuck um when their team is just like stuck in a plateau or like they're just there's no ambition there's no vision everyone's just kind of like stuck and as a leader you're on fire come on guys this is you know and everyone's just like flat it's like a lake there's no wind there's no movement like Jesus can walk on the water that's how flat it is mm-hmm. what would you tell someone who's listening to this that has a team they're just stuck 
and they're on fire, but no one else on their team is, what would you tell that person? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and, um, you know, I know there's different dynamics of building teams and different, you know, uh, arenas that people are in. And I think, you know, for us, it always just boiled down to, cause I'm, I'm a pretty, again, I'm pretty naturally introverted. So I don't, I don't talk a whole lot. I'm not the, I'm not the guy you're going to see on stage, like, you know, hyping everybody up, pumping everybody <laughs> up. Like I don't, I don't have the gift of gab, so to speak. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that we, we're really good at is really just being, you know, consistent, you know, it's like, do the things that you say you're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, have integrity, you know, it's like follow through on things um, and just be consistent with stuff. You know, it's like out, out in the, you know, out in the world, it's like, there's so many, especially here in the States, you know, it's like, we thankfully, you know, we came with the business that we were in, it was a global thing. And we had the chance to go to different parts of the world and, and um, do trainings for different teams and meet, you know, different cultures of people. And, and um, you know, it's like, and like, like when I went to South Africa, for example, it's like, there's not a lot of like really legit opportunity. And so when they find one, which was the one that we were in was a viable thing for them. Like they, it's like laser focus. Like it's the best thing opportunity wise that they might ever see in their life. So they take it incredibly seriously as where you know here in the states like we're just inundated with opportunity there's so many different ways to make money there's so many different things that you can do that all of them are pretty viable and so it's our ability to you know focus and say no to a lot of different things and just you know get focused on one or two things that we can do and just really be about it and especially in our world of network marketing like you can't be doing seven different things uh, i mean you can have that stuff but like you, your focus needs to be um on a, in a singular place especially when when it comes to the people around you they need to know that the person that that they're with is you know they're they're forward thinking that they that they're here for the long haul that they're an anchor you know they're not just going to be here for a day and be gone tomorrow especially when things get tough because mm-hmm. in our in our journey of the last 15 years like we had plenty of ups and downs like my first four years and network marketing, I made hardly any money. And I was like full time. I mean, I went to college for a year and then dropped out because I just fell in love with our business. But, um, you know, but that ended up hurting me more than anything because I wasn't making, you know, full time money, you know, it's like, and I didn't have a job. This is really all I've done um, for the better part of the last 15 years to make money as my primary thing. And the first four years was a struggle. It was a grind. You know, we were paying to go to trainings every single month, paying to, you know, to, to run our business. And so we were spending more than we were making for sure. But, you know, we stay consistent with it, right? We just kept doing it, whether things were good, whether things were bad. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, doing the thing that you said you were going to do long after the mood that you set it in has passed right and so and that applies to everything in our life so if you decide to do something it's it's whether it's good or whether it's bad in that season because if you just keep doing it then you keep planting the right seeds eventually that that harvest is going to come and we just truly believe that and Mm -hmm. so we just kept at it and then after about four years you know our business started to to take off and we went on a a heck of a ride you know over the last decade Um, but the first four years is where most people around me had quit you Mm -hmm. know but I just kept on it some of us kept on it and then a lot of those people ended up circling back later on down the road but um you know leadership is just a lot it's just leading right it's just doing not so much being out there having the right things to say or having the right speech it's just it's more in your actions and just you know what are you doing every day to move forward and what are you doing when um when you you know encounter resistance right because i always learned that the resistance in your life is the multiplier right that's what's going to help you grow that's what's going to help you multiply if you can get through that season because that's where a lot of people quit mm-hmm. and then um you know and then just uh, just stay consistent you know and that's all we did and you know we were able to you know thankfully get a get a 
following from that and then had other people that started to do the same thing. And, you know, it wasn't all about us for sure. I mean, network marketing is a big team thing, but there is a, an element of, you know, the leader doing what you need to do and having integrity. And, you know, also being uh, one of the bigger challenges for me over the years was being, not being authentic, but like, you know, um, being, you know, letting other people, I guess, see you bleed, you quote unquote, yeah. like see the faults in you and yeah. see the, the down, the downfalls. Cause it's easy to, you know, just want to have that, you know, that like in Instagram, just seeing the highlight reel of people's mm-hmm. lives and all the good stuff. But, uh, but really let people see the, you know, the downsides and what you're not great at because it makes you more of a real and relatable person. And if people yeah. can relate with you, that, that, that keeps a minute with you and um, you know, and just having other people involved, you know, in that vision, which again, that's another beautiful thing about our business is it allows people to have a common goal and a common vision and kind of move in the same direction. But if you're plateaued, I mean, the best thing I could say is just, you know, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Keep Mm -hmm. leading from the front, keep sharing whatever story it is that you're sharing. And if you share a good word long enough, um, you know, eventually it's going to fall on good people, you know, Mm -hmm. but you just have to be willing to go through that process. Cause as I look back, you know, it's like you, 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 you live life forward, but you understand things looking backwards, right? That's how you mm-hmm. can connect the dots and every, um, you know, every valley or plateau or struggle that we had over the last 15 years, which we've had plenty of to different degrees was really just, uh, it was a, it was a, a situation or an opportunity for us to grow in a lot of different ways. And there were some tests that we failed and then there was some that we, we did good on and you come out stronger, better leader, more you know, wise, so to speak. And so you just have to embrace those, those challenges that you go through and, and um, know that it won't last forever, but you'll be better off for it. And then you can impact more people because, you know, the more, the more, uh, you know, the more crap that you go through in your life, the more relatable you become. And you just, again, it's just more people that you can reach the more stuff that you're willing to go through. Cause if everything was just perfect and, you know, it's like you woke up, won the lottery, won a billion dollars. And, you know, all of a sudden, like that doesn't carry any influence because nobody else can relate with that, you know, but if you can go struggle through something and be consistent and get back up when you get knocked down, it's like lots of people, that's going to be their situation. So they need to see people that are willing to go through that and also come out on the other side. Um, And that's what grows your influence at the end of the day. Wow. That was so good, Zoe. Thank you for sharing that. You said so many golden nuggets. I'm like, wait, let me reverse my mind and go back to certain things you said, because I was so, you said so many good things. Um, You had mentioned um, one thing about, you know, what do you do when you hit that plateau, right? And it was interesting because a few days ago, I was listening to a John C. Maxwell leadership podcast and exactly what you said, he said, um, he like surveyed a bunch of like CEOs of a company. And the one question was like, what do you look for the most when you're looking for someone to like take that CEO position or like to move up in your, in your company? Um, what are you all looking for? And I think out of thousands, every single person in the list had put integrity. And I think it was like 75%. That was like their number one thing. And you said, you know, if you have a team that's stuck, well, keep doing what you said you were going to do no matter what have that integrity. And I think it's a lot of people can quit when the time gets tough or walk out because it's like, oh, well, there's more work to be done or no one's showing up. I'm the only one showing up. And it's like, but what if that's God trying to mold you and make you stronger and have greater endurance? So then when you do have a team of 
who knows, hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know how to handle it. And I'm sure those seasons were like, people were falling off or you, or you didn't know what was going on, but you stayed the course, you were faithful to what you had. And that was multiplied, you know? And I think what so many people miss, and I'm so glad that you said it is that, you know, people want like the quick, I'm, you know, going to start something. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they expect like the next morning to be like a millionaire. And it's like, that's not even like that. That's not even, unless if you win the lottery, that's not even like really real or possible. That's not life. Like there's a growth process that, that you're supposed to go through and grow through. And one thing that's always stood out to me about you and your family, Zoe, is that you in my opinion, have never been like show-offy, you know, this is like, I'm making all this money. And and a lot of people can get turned off by, you know, um, businesses or whatnot, because people put it out in the wrong way where you're like, if someone asks you, you're like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I get to do. And it's how much I make, but like, you're not showing that off. And I've always found that so humbling and so grounding to see someone who's, you know, in their early thirties, who's financially good and who has a family and who's doing so well yet you never got, or maybe not never. Cause we all have seasons, but like you didn't let it get to your head where that's the only thing you show. And because you modeled that I was able to see, Oh, I knew when I got started, it wasn't going to be easy. Like I knew that going in, that's why I had like stayed for a few years. Cause I knew it wasn't going to be a month success. It took a few years. Right. And so what's cool is that because I knew what the journey, not what I was going to exactly go through, but I had an idea of like, oh, I'm going to go through a lot of rejection and yep. I'm going to get more no's than yeses. And I'm going to, you know, probably get offended and I'm going to go through all this stuff, but that's, that's part of it. Like you can't get to where you want to get to unless you go through that. And if you don't want to go through that, you're not going to get to where you want to go. Right. And so what's cool. And that's what attracted me so much to, to, you know, what we were doing a few years back was like, to me, it seemed like such a humbling, um, just, I don't know the culture and everything. Right. Like, and, and not, obviously there's always going to be like good apples, bad apples, but you were an apple, (laughs) you're a person metaphorically that, um, that stood out to me in a way that, you know, in a world where people want to show every single minute of their lives, show off every dollar they're making, show off everything that they have. You've always, you've kept God, family business. And then, like you said, there were seasons where it wasn't always like that. And you had to learn to get it like that. But I just think that's so cool. And and I wanted to um, mention that to you because I think it's awesome when, you know, you, I see the, you've probably seen like a meme or it's like a picture. It's like million, like poor people. And then they dress up like millionaires with like this, like Bugatti that they're renting for the day. And then like an actual millionaire. And it's like a guy in like a polo, regular shirt, jeans, and like shoes like normal shoes and it's like that's so real like that's you know someone next to your public's could be like a multi-billionaire you wouldn't know it and then someone that's dressed up and their instagram is like all flashy it's not always what it seems you know and so i just think it's cool that you've modeled that throughout and you continue to model that because i feel like as you do that you're attracting the right people into your business you're attracting people that are humble and people that you know, are not in it for all the wrong reasons, Mm -hmm. but in it for something deeper than just, Oh, I want this or I want that. And like you said, sometimes 
people like we did, we joined it. We want to make money. We want to do this. We want to do that. But then your why starts to change as you get deeper and deeper in, you know? So I wanted to touch on that because I think it's easy in a social media saturated world. Uh, People will join things because it's attractive and flashy, but they don't know what they have to go through to get there. Or maybe it could just be a facade. Right. And so I think one thing you, um, you talk about a lot is when I would go to the trainings and stuff about your why you talk about your why. And we'd spend a whole training sometimes just talking about your why, because if you know your why you'll stay, can you talk so the importance in anything in life, no matter whether it's a business or a relationship or this or that, can you talk about, talk about the importance of your why and how that can keep you in the long game? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I guess from my perspective, it's a little bit more spiritual for sure. Cause, um, you know, if you guys go to enough seminars and stuff, you know, you'll have, you'll hear people who are like, oh, your why needs to, you know, make you cry and it needs to be, and I, I, I believe an element of that, but also at the same time, like I've never, <laughs> I've never really had one that made me cry. Um, <laughs> like I have things that motivate me that, uh, that drive me. And, and I think on a deeper level, it's, um, you know, as a, as a, um, as a faith centered person, it's more of, um, you know, figuring out the things that you are supposed to do and not even just supposed to do, but like, is what you're doing. Like if you've got, you know, peace about it and you've prayed about it and you know, this is a good place for you to be, um, whether it's business or a job or, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, if you just know where you're supposed to be. And I've, I felt like that, um, over the last 15 years with, with our business, like when I, when I saw it and I got into it, like, I just, in my heart of hearts, I just knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I don't know how long that season lasts. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's five, maybe it's 15 years. I don't know. Um, but, um, but you know, until I never not have peace about it, then I'm going to continue doing it because this is where I feel like I'm supposed to be. And so when we're in that mode and you can confidently know that, then it's just more about, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, it's like, God's got me here for a reason. So I'm just going to go put in the work, plant the seeds, um, not worry about, you know, if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, not going to put a timeline on it. Like, I'm just going to go put my head down and put the seeds in the ground. And then when God decides it's time to deliver, you know, and to bring that harvest is when that time is. And those time, like our timing and God's timing are always very different, right? Like we always yep. want it faster than we're supposed to, but you know, there's a process, you know, that we have to go through. And so my ultimate driver for me is just like, if I just, if I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, um, if I'm not doing it, you know, which I'm not always perfect about, but, uh, you know, like if I'm not doing it, then I just have this, um, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like I, I just have this, like my, my uh, I'm like trying a- to figure out how to explain it just this, this light under my butt, you know, it's just yeah. like, like you need to be doing something. You need to be moving forward. You need to be, um, you know, pursuing this or, you know, doing something to advance whatever it is that you're doing. And if I'm, if I'm not doing that, then I, I'm just constantly bothered by it. Um, and, uh, I guess so what I'm saying is like, if, if you know, you're supposed to be doing it, then that's really, for me, that was really like the main motivator for me outside of like yeah i've got a family to provide for i've got you know we've got certain goals and stuff that, that we want to hit um financially but um but since i know this is where i'm supposed to be i feel like if i'm not doing it then i'm really doing um you know god a disservice at that mm. in that moment and um 
and he's really good about, you know, whether it's in my business or whether if it's, um, you know, like, because there's sometimes where I get ultra focused on my business. And so other things kind of get the back burner, which sometimes has been my family, which it's been other things like I'm not, I'm for sure not perfect in any way, shape or form. But when I'm out of alignment is when I start getting really bothered by things mm. and God's really good about you know, putting his thumb down on me and 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 I, I, it shows up in different ways, but it's it's meant to you know get me back in in uh, in alignment. And laziness would be one of those things, you know, especially as a man, you know, like we are not supposed, like we're not called to be lazy. Like we got to take care of our family, we've got to take care of the house, we got to take care of the finances. Like it's our job to lead our family. And so if we're never not doing that, then um, it's going to be real easy for for God to you know to you know reel us back in which is not always a fun thing you know so the more you I guess the more the more I experience that um the the less I want to experience that right because I don't like being uh, um spiritually you know in in time out so to speak um I want to be on good terms but that just kind of again keep the main thing the main thing so all that to say those are kind of like my main motivators um, but uh, again, everybody has different stuff. So it's just whatever motivates you, motivates you. Mm-hmm. And you need to let that fuel your fire and that will evolve over time. But um, but you need to know what that what those things are because you know what will get you moving um, versus what won't get you moving. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. And I love the parable that you shared of like sowing um, and pretty much like you you throw the seed and you keep throwing and you keep throwing and you don't know, again, our timing is so different than God's timing, right? Um, we only can see such a glimpse of what he can see. And so it's funny, I had that reminder the other day because I just felt so frustrated. Um, some projects I'm working on and I'm just like, I'm not where I feel like I need to be. And I'm so frustrated. And I was just like, ah, I like was not having a good day. And I was talking to a friend about that. Um, and they just gave me the perspective of like, Hey, like, you know, there is no rush into what you think. Like God is faithful and you have to see bigger picture. Like you're thinking, okay, that by the end of the year, what do you want it to look like? Right. But think about people that you look up to that are in their forties. Right. So 20 years from now, what do you want it to look like? Like if you could see which we don't know what that will look like, but if you could like picture like what you're working on now flourishing within the next 20 years, that kind of takes like the pressure off of like, oh my gosh, this needs to be a success by the end of the year. It's like, you know, and, and having that perspective shift made me say, you know what? You're right. I'm going to keep being faithful with what God's given me in this season. I'm going to keep planting the seeds. I'm going to keep doing the last thing that God, I love a quote. I saw it on Instagram. I don't know who put it, but they said, when you don't know what to do, do the last thing that God told you to do. And I was like, that is a word. So many times we're like, God, give me a word. And the Lord's like, yeah, what I told you yesterday that you didn't do a week. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if we just did the last thing that God told us to do, maybe we would be further. Right. And I felt that, like you said, fire in the, in the booty of like, man, I got it. Like, you know, and yeah, God has definitely not called us to be lazy, right? There's times where you can have your Sabbath, your rest day. There's times where you're relaxing. That's different than being lazy, but God doesn't bless laziness. Like he does not bless laziness. He's not, you know, and again, Sabbath rest, he blesses laziness. He doesn't. And it's a different heart posture too, when you're doing the two things. Right. And so I think that is just so key, especially for people my age. Cause I remember, you know, like 
I would see you at trainings or I'd give you a call. And I was like, just so frustrated. Cause I was like so young and I wanted to be up there so fast. And I just remember like so many of the trainers would look at me and they're like, Megan, you are 18 years old at a personal growth conference. They're like, you know, like the percentage of 18 year olds that are doing what you're doing right now is so slim. Like give yourself a break. Like, and I remember like, they would tell me like, do this, but have fun while you're still young. Like, and that is something that I now can tell people my age that are, you know, aspiring to be business owners or go into that field or, or whatever they want to do. Then they're, I can see like ambitious young people, even like 16 year olds that I see at the church that they're so ambitious and they want to do all these things. And I'm like, I love that. And I admire that. But let me tell you something that I had to learn is like, you can enjoy the process while you're in the process. Yep. You don't, you don't have to not enjoy it. And it's kind of like, I felt like, oh, if I'm doing this, I can't enjoy it. Cause if I'm enjoying it, it means I'm not like being serious. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, that is not it. Like you can do what you love to do. You're supposed to enjoy the process of it. Not saying it's going to be easy, not saying it's going to be glamorous, not saying you're not going to have nights where you're not crying yourself to sleep, but those are real, but it's like, enjoy it, have fun, take, be easy on yourself. And that's, one of the biggest key lessons I learned from, well, you know, my time in the business was from like those three years, I was like, I was too, too serious, too, too involved. And it wasn't a bad thing, but it started to be a bad thing once it started to lose a little bit of my joy where it naturally just came from, you know? And so I just want to encourage anybody listening to this. It's like, if you're doing something and you feel like you can't enjoy yourself because you there's maybe like guilt connected to that or shame. It's like, that is not like, you should not feel guilty or you should not feel shame for doing something that you feel called to do. You should enjoy it. You should do it with love. You should do it with joy. And I feel like when you do it with joy, that's just going to attract more people to want to come to you. That's going to attract more people to be like, that person's always like in a good mood or that person is always with a good attitude. Right. I'm not saying we're all in good moods. I don't, I'm not always in a good mood. Right. So let me rephrase that. But that person shows up ready. That person shows up, you know, and if they have a bad day, they're honest about it, but they show up. And so I think back at my time and I'm just like, dang, and that's why I have to remind myself too, with things that I'm stepping into now, I'm like, enjoy the process. I'm still, I'm 25. You know, I feel like that quarter life century, like crisis where it's like, <laughs> it's a real thing. So I don't right. know if you went through it, but like a couple months ago, I was walking my neighborhood. I was like, all right, 25, what's the rest of my life going to look like? Like contemplating every decision I've made. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's just, you know, like you said, Zoe, with opportunity left and right, with so many different ways you can make an income, with so many different things just out there, especially in America, where we're blessed, where we have opportunities all around us. And if you don't see that, look for it because they're there. Um, They're all around us, right? And it's like just being faithful where you're at, enjoying the process, not taking yourself too seriously. And I feel like when you can do that, then that time will come up and you'll look back and you're like, Oh, wow. You know, it took me X amount of years, but I still enjoyed it anyways. You know, it doesn't matter if it takes me 10 years, 15 or 20, I'm in it for the long run. Right. And I think when you have that perspective, it, your heart posture is in it for the right reasons versus the wrong reasons, you know? So that was my little two cents on that. (laughs) No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And, you know, just, uh, you know, there's a, 
being content, you know, it's like be motivated, be driven, you know, go, go, go shoot for the stars and all that stuff, but still be, you know, content and happy with what you got. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, is, uh, you know, happy is the man who, who wants what he has. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being content where we're at, because at the end of the day, you know, it's like, especially as believers, like we're not, not everybody's destined to be rich right like we're not all like none of us are are promised to be financially rich like all of our riches are on the other side mm. uh, of this life and so it's just about it's like all you can do is all you can do it's like if you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing then go do that and then you know god will bless that in, in whatever way he sees fit whether that's financially whether that's through relationships whether i mean there's just so many different aspects of it that we can't just you know go into things um thinking if i do x y and z and i believe hard enough and i pray hard enough that I'm going to get, you know, financially rewarded in a really, really big way. And that can certainly, you know, work out like that for sure. I don't want to say it won't, but that's not something that we're, you know, guaranteed. And that's not something that we're promised. Um, you know, it's like, we need to be content with what we've got, what God's blessed us with. And if we're, if we're good with that, then there's a decent chance, you know, maybe we get blessed with more if we can, uh, you know, take care of the stuff that we have, but you know, there's just, there's so many people. And I, again, I've been in that situation many times where it's like, there's, there's a, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us out there that, you know, in certain seasons, it's like, we're, you know, like we, we do, we have enough, right. It's like, we got, we got food on the table. We got a roof over our head and, you know, got clothes on our back. And, and uh, so we have enough, but we're still, um, you know, it's like looking left and right and looking at other people in comparison. And, and uh, it's like, you know, then we get discontent and that's, um, that's not, you know, that's not a spirit of, of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be content with what we've got while we pursue the other things that, that we want to do. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, when, when we pass, it's like nothing's nothing, none of that stuff's coming to the other side with us. And so we need to keep the main thing, the main thing and grow yeah. our relationship with the Lord, you know, our family and, and just the things that really matter at the end of the day and being a good person and high character and, and, uh, you know, loving and, and serving as many people as you can. And it's, you know, it's easier said than done sometimes, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, be, be happy with what you've got um, because it can always be worse. Yeah, that is so true. I love that you, you said that because I feel like a lot of times people say, I'll be happy once I have this, or yeah. once I, once I'm, I have this, I have that. I'm in that relationship. I'm in that position. Then I'll be happy. It's like, you'll be happy with what you have. Cause if you're not happy now, that thing isn't going to make you happy, you know? And, nope. and it's definitely a reminder to myself to just be joyful of all the little things around me. And actually I have like a quote right behind my laptop. Um, but it's like, enjoy the little things for someday. You'll realize that they were the big things, you know, it's like when we look back at the end of our lives, when, you know, whenever that time comes, right. If we have the, if we get to even live that long, right. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully in Jesus name, we get to live that long, <laughs> but you know, speaking words of life out here, but you look back and you're going to think about, you know, the times that you spent with your daughters, the time that you spent with your wife, you know, for me, it'll be like the times I spent with my family and the memories I was, I was able to do with the church and, and, um, with friends and things like that. So, and when you can be, yeah, like you said, content with what you have, whatever you gain is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make you any more special. It doesn't make you any more greater value or, you know, it's just like who, who you are is not dependent on what you do. It's, it's dependent on who God says you are. And he says, you're yep. loved. He says, you're chosen, you know, and that already is enough. Like that in itself is enough. And so I feel like if people had that deep understanding of 
you are enough just as you are and you have what you need. Like all you have is all you need, right? right? God will use what you have and he will multiply. And I think there's even a greater story when you don't have it all just given to you, you know, and if you do, because you came from that background, that's awesome. Absolutely no shame. But unfortunately, a lot of people, they don't, that's not their story. Uh, their story is they had to really work hard for that, or they had to really go out of the way, or they had to raise their brothers and sisters, or they, you know, they had to go through some things, but um, it was something that it made them a better person at the end of the day. And so I definitely think that's a key that I feel like I wish people just truly understood. You have what you need, be content with what you have, keep doing the thing, keep the main thing, the main thing. That's a whole golden nugget. That's a whole golden nugget. And so random, I'm throwing this in there, but I remember you'd always say this at trainings and it always stuck with me. And now that I'm, I have a trainer at the gym, I have to remind myself of this quote that you'd always say, and you'd always say, you can have results or you can have excuses, but you can't have both. Which one do you want? And it's so funny because I would hear that years ago and I'm out here at the gym, right? I'm like, I can't do another set. And then your little voice is in the back of my head. You can have results or you can't have excuses, but you can't have both. And I'm like, dang it. I want results. So like, <laughs> I do that extra set. Right. But it's just, yeah, that was just such a random tangent ball I had to throw in there. But I was like, I got to mention that when I talked to Zoe today, because honestly, like I haven't heard that in so long, but that little voice in the back of my head is there. You know, it's like, I want the results. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that helped me a lot in times where I, I feel like I was stuck. You want to, you know, want to stay stuck or you want to move forward? All right, then, you know, so that's a little golden nugget right there. Um, I want to ask you, since you, you know, led a lot of people throughout the years in different areas and things like that, what is the greatest leadership lesson that you've learned? That's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if I could pinpoint one, although just as we go through more of the process and as I look back and, you know, constantly evaluate things we did well, didn't do well, and, you know, look at the people who, you know, that, that we aspire to be like as leaders and what they do well, I think, uh, I think just some of the main stuff is just you know, leadership is, is more of a, it's just that, that serving, you know, the, the, not just the ability, but like the willingness to just serve people and pour into people. And, you know, we always learn that, you know, if you build, if you build the, build up the people, right. If you, if you fill up the people, then they will build the business, they will build the company. They will like, but you got, it all starts with the people. Right. And so, especially in our world, it's, it's like, you know, it's not a job, you know, so everybody here is a, is a volunteer. So we're leading a volunteer army. And so we need to, you know, it's like, you can't, you know, it's like, you're not their boss. You can't tell them what to do. You can't order them around. And, you know, if people are going to follow you, they need to like you, they need to trust you and all that stuff. And that, that just really comes with, um, you know, serving and just building, you know, relationships with people and, and connecting with them and, uh, um, you know, and just trying to make that 
as big of a priority as possible because it's true like if you build the people then then they are going to go do more they will aspire to do more they will become more mm-hmm. you know the more you can pour into them and you know the same thing happened to me like I, I've, I've always been really fortunate to have great coaches and great mentors that were willing to you know pour into me and and fill up my cup and uh, yep. pick me up when I was down and and all of that stuff is is really what helped mold me you know into you know whatever leader that we've become and um you know so just not just paying that forward, but again, just really being just having that servant heart. Because again, if you go look at, you know, just the Bible, it's like Jesus, that's, that's what he did. You know, he's just he led by serving, led by, by uh, um, you know, filling people up and serving and just all that stuff. And it had that servant heart. And that's what, you know, gains um, a big, big following. Um, you know, it's not you being the boss, it's you coming down to the, their level and, 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 and just being with the people. You know what I mean? So I think that's just some of the biggest stuff we've learned over the years is, the more you can pour into everybody, the 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 better off they're going to be. First off, and the better off they are, then all you know by as a byproduct, you are better off. So, um, but you have to be you know genuine about that because mm-hmm. people can see through that left and right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a word. That's a whole word. I love that. Definitely, I think serving people comes first, and you can even look at people great who built great businesses and stuff, they really have servant hearts. They are doing it. Like they don't need any more money. They're like multi-billionaires. They just want to do it to help as many people as they can. You know, someone who speaks a lot about that, Tony Robbins, it's like, it's like he preaches on that of, of, of course, I mean, he has enough money where a man, what, what can't he do? Right. But he says like, I don't need more money. I just do this to help as many people I can, because that's where I find my truest fulfillment, you know, it's helping like, why would I stop now if I'm healthy and I'm whole and I have two arms and two legs and I can do the thing? Why not help more people before my time is up here on earth, you know? And, and having that perspective, it's like, wow, like that's such a different perspective versus like, I want a million dollar company clock out and boom. And it's like, you know, when, when you do it for the love of people, it's just, there's more fulfillment and, and you great, you build greater friendships and things like that. So that was so good. Thank you for sharing that zone. And I wanted to ask you the last and final question of the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Yeah, um, I guess in terms of like leadership or I guess what's anything. Oh, man. Anything. <laughs> right, there's a lot I would have done differently and <laughs> invest differently, obviously. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think because uh, I especially in the business that's one thing we get asked a lot is like you know if you were a new new rep like what would mm-hmm. you do different than you do now and my answer which I think is similar to what this one would be is just I don't know that I would do anything different other than try to just go through the process not faster but um you know like in our business it's a lot of talking to people and exposures and stuff and so it's like I would go through that process faster because the people that you're going to share an idea with, they're going to say the same thing, you know, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's a year from now, right? It's just so if you go through that, because if you go through the process faster, you just grow faster, right? It's like fully immersion. It's like if you're going to, 
you know, go learn, you know, Spanish, you know, you can learn it in a classroom and take years to learn it. Or it's like, if you went down to, you know, like if we went down to Mexico and spent three yeah, months yeah. there, like that full immersion, you just get it that much mm -hmm. faster. So, yeah. so if you have the opportunity to, to, to do things faster and go through the process faster, then it just speeds up and multiplies your own growth process, which you have to be willing to embrace. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but as I look back on stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's, again, you understand things looking, looking backwards and you know that even the things I, I screwed up royally um you know god's been able to, to to help me redeem in a lot of ways and and uh you know bring turn bad stuff into good stuff in some you know godly way you know what i mean yeah and uh so i think the process we go through is, is important so i don't know that i would change much i would just try to go through some of that faster with less not i wouldn't say faster but less with less fear and less mm. timidity um because what was going to happen was going to happen anyway but if you can face it faster then um then you come out on the other side faster that's good i love that i love that you said to go through it without the fear or the timidity and you know at times we're going to go through things and we're going to have the fear but we got to do it anyways and I have on the vision board that I did in 2016, which is right above my wall. But one of the quotes is from Tony Robbins. It says the only way to get beyond fear is with massive action. And it's so true because, you know, anything in life, it's maybe a new goal you want to hit at the gym or whatever it is when you take those steps and, and just do it instead of thinking about it and prolonging it so much of it's just in our minds. So much of the time of doing something is actually thinking or contemplating whether we do it or not and the fear of it. Right. And I've just learned, like, if I just don't argue this person or I'm like, oh, I don't make excuses to it, but I just do it. I realize it wasn't that bad. You know, it maybe would have been hard, but each time I do, it gets better and better. Yep. You know, so that was definitely a golden nugget. Well, Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining today on the pod and sharing just so many golden nuggets and bits and pieces when it comes to leadership, team building. Um, the topic of integrity and, and how pivotal that is and, and chatting about the importance of that spiritual order of God, family and business and, and being faithful with what you have, you know, all you have is all you need and definitely seeing your life flourish with that, with, with business, with family and the Lord. So I appreciate you so much for hopping on and sharing your story. Hey, thank you for having me and congratulations with everything that you're putting together. It's, it's an honor to be here, honor to be asked to be here. And I'm looking forward to seeing the, the massive impact that, uh, that you continue to have. Awesome. Thank you so much, Well, I appreciate your kind words and look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this with your friends and family and tag us on social media with any insights that you got from the episode. Once again, thank you all so much for your love and support. I hope you have the best week. Much love.